Awesome. Let's start with praying this morning. Lord, we come to you today, Father. Lord, we just thank you for another week, Lord. We thank you that um, you are a sovereign God, Father, that you're in control. We thank you that you remind us in the Psalms that this is the day that you've made, Father, and every day is a day that we should rejoice in. Lord, I pray you'd help me get focused in on the message today, Father, and not be distracted. In Jesus' name, amen. Seems a little cliche to start off the message this way, almost a little hooky, if you will. But I want to start off with this phrase because it's so true. Your attitude reflects your gratitude. You showed me your demeanor, or you allow me to see your demeanor. You allow me to be around you for less than five minutes, and I can pick up on where you are mentally by what you're exuding in your tone, in your facial expressions, in your body language. We underestimate, if you will, the power of the mind. We underestimate the thought process that goes through us and how that battle continues in everything that we do. It's such a cliche thing to say, but if you're ever going to get to the stage in life where you can take lemons and you can make lemonade, it's one of the most important concepts that you can ever grasp. The battle for happiness, the battle for contentment, the battle for peace, it 100% starts in your mind. Let me make this as clear to you as I can. Happiness is a choice. It is not based on our circumstances. It is not based on what is going on around us. It is not based on how much money we have in the bank. It is not based on how many toys that we have. It is not based on our spouse, and it is not based on our children. It is not in the least based on circumstances. Happiness is a choice. You choose to be happy or you choose to be miserable. I've seen a lot of people on Facebook this week making choices in both directions. Happiness is a choice. Last week we introduced you to the book of Philippians. And Philippians is called the book of joy because in four short chapters, Paul talks about joy or happiness 16 different times. What amazing is, is that Paul wrote the book of Philippians not sitting in a jacuzzi, not sitting in his mansion. He didn't write the book of Philippians where he talks about having joy over and over in a place where you would normally think is a happy place. He wrote the book of Philippians while sitting in jail, awaiting his execution. This would have been the last time, to be honest with you, I would have ever been in the mood to talk about my happiness. I've told you before, there's a lot of things I'm designed for in the world. Jail is not one of them. Actually, my wife will tell you my greatest fear in life is going to prison. Like the thought of being in prison just freaks me out, and it's probably the only thing that keeps me from not doing things that are so illegal. You say, well, shouldn't your moral compass do that? No, it's the fear of going to prison. I'm not designed for prison. Don't have any desire to go to prison, don't want to go to prison. I don't even want to go to county jail for the night. Let's just make it real clear, okay? I don't even like to go visit you when you're in jail. I don't like going through the, the metal detector, going down the walls and the metal doors are clanking. And I got to pick up the phone and talk to you through the glass. It's just not my thing. I don't enjoy it. But Paul's in prison and he's talking about happiness and he's talking about joy and he's talking about contentment because Paul knew where true joy comes from. If you missed that message, you can go to the website or you can go to your podcast and type in Action Church and you can download it for free. 
One of my favorite verses, though, was found in chapter 2. We talked about chapter 1 last week. Chapter 2, Paul says this. He says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Sitting in prison, awaiting his execution, and Paul slings out some truth. And I got to be honest with you, this is one of the most challenging verses in all the Bible to me because the Bible says our attitude should be the same as that of Christ. Because our attitude reflects how we go about living in our society. Well, let's personalize this and let's say my attitude. My attitude must reflect the attitude that Christ had. That doesn't mean when I'm in a good mood, it should reflect it. Only it means when I'm in a bad mood, it should reflect it. That means when things don't go the way I think they ought to go, my mindset, my attitude should still be the attitude that Christ had. If you continue on in Philippians, he goes on and breaks it down. This He says, so your attitude should be that of Christ. Then verse 6, he lays out what that attitude is. He says, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He said that even though he was God, he didn't use that to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. When you look at all that Jesus Christ endured for us, he suffered, he died for us, he, he, he lived his life to glorify God. He was turned on by friends, he was beaten, he was accused, the religious hated him. Yet never one time do you see Jesus complaining about his situation in life. Never once do you see Jesus going into a place of negativity. Never once do you see Jesus going into our favorite place where I'm just in a dark place right now. He had the mind of Christ, and the Bible says we should have the mind of Christ. Scripture says that our mindset should be that mindset, happiness, joy, our outward thing, our inward thing. It's all a choice in how we, we go about doing it. The word attitude here, it comes from a Greek word, and you've heard me say that the English language is not very description. The, um, the Greek word here is the word literally means to exercise your mind, to have a strong opinion, to be mentally decided. We have to have the attitude where we have trained our mind to be stronger than our circumstances. Last week, I offended people more than I've ever offended them. I got more messages last week than I've ever gotten because I made this statement. I said, what's wrong with our society is we're weak to the point that my wife and I got into a discussion about it. She told me I was kind of mean last week. She said, you don't think of people are like you? I said, no, no, there's a lot of areas I'm weak in. I'm weak in the area of cheesecake. I am weak in the area of being disciplined to work out. Those are not strengths of mine. But we have a day and a time we live where we are so weak that we allow circumstances to dictate our happiness. The Bible says we're to exercise our mind, we're to train our mind, we're to get our mind in the place where we can control it no matter what is happening to us. And let me burst another bubble of yours that is being preached all over churches all over the country. The Bible never says once you accept Christ, everything in life will go the way you want it to go. That's a lie from the pits of hell. There will be hard times in your Christian world. The Bible says, take heart in this world. You will have trouble. It's a promise. Yet we act shocked when we have trouble. I don't understand why this is happening. if, If that's God, then I don't want that kind of God. So let me get this straight. He's God when it's good. 
He's God when it goes the way you want him to go. He's God when you get to be the puppet master and pull the strings and he does exactly what you want him to do. But when it doesn't go that way, he's not God. That's not much of a God. We're weak. What we don't want is a God. What we want is a convenience. When everything is great, man, we're down with him. When things go wrong, I'm done with God. You're weak. The problem is you want to blame God for things not going the way you want them to go. Instead of being like, hey, maybe God knows better than me and God ordains things to happen for a reason, even if I don't understand the reason. If we're going to make lemonade out of lemons, we have to realize that happiness starts in our mind. It starts with our attitude. We choose to be happy or we choose not to be happy. Our circumstances, like I said, they don't dictate that happiness. Our attitude does. (laughs) What we do is we allow something that's slightly negative to grow into an enormous battle in our minds. My wife asked me questions. She started asking me this about a year ago. I said, man, it was just a horrible day. And she's like, did you have a horrible day? Or did you have a horrible moment that you allowed to ruin your day? That's powerful. I don't want to get into politics. Let me make this very clear. But I'll say this. Let's say hypothetically what happened this past week is the worst thing ever. It's going to ruin the next four years. Let's just say hypothetically that's the case. So you're going to allow four years to ruin, on average, we live 80-something years, then you're weak. I don't care if you like it or don't like it. You're weak. Let me make this very clear to you. I have the mindset that I don't care who's the president. My family and I will not only survive, we will thrive. We will adapt. We will figure out how to do it. But I don't know how to do it. Then you tell me how the Christians do it in China where they're being killed for having a Bible. You're weak. We're spoiled rotten in America. You've Americanized Christianity to fit your narrative. Don't talk to me about persecution. Does that mean it won't ever happen here? There might come a day where it happens here, but we got it pretty freaking good when it comes to our faith in this country. Quit being weak. Quit being a victim. Man, the church right now, I'm just going to be honest with you. Man, the evangelics are embarrassing me on social media because you're acting like you're so freaking weak. You're acting like the people you get mad at. No matter, I didn't think you'd amen that. That's okay. I'm not here to be your buddy. You say, I'll never be back. Well, good, then you'll hear the truth today. Someone said, what are you going to do when you run everyone off? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a Sunday off for once. Man, listen, listen. Quit being weak. God is in control. Get your mind right if you want to thrive in whatever circumstance is happening. Quit worrying about worry. Quit worrying about doubt. Quit worrying about fear. And oh, BTW, man, I don't want to be hypocritical today. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. My wife preached this same message to me last night at 5 o'clock in our bedroom when we were throwing down over my attitude. So I'm not getting on you today. I have my moments too. I, yesterday, man, I was in the sky is falling mode. I'm over it. We're packing our house to move, and this is not going right, and that's not going right, and nothing's going right, and the boxes. And Listen, I allowed a tape gun to make me come unglued yesterday. 
It wasn't the tape gun. I was holding everything else in, and the tape gun just caused. Listen, a $9.88 tape gun, I thought I was going to burn the house down over it. (laughs) Stupid freaking tape gun. Whoever invented that tape gun was the biggest idiot in the world. Our mindset dictates a lot. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Negativity is just easier sometimes. It just almost because I think because we have sinful nature, we're born sinful. Sometimes it's just the negative thoughts in the different areas, they just take over. It's easy to be negative, but positivity takes work. What I want to do is I want to challenge you today to be very, very honest with yourself, be very, very open with yourself. What I want you to do is take off your religious face and put on your truthful face. And let's get personal about some things. It seems to me, as I listen them out this week, there's about five different areas where negativity takes root in our life. What area is it taking root in your life? Because as the root grows, the root determines, don't miss this, this is so cliche and so goofy, but it's so true. The root determines the fruit. There's never been an apple seed planted that grew apple roots that gave off peaches. There's never been peach seeds that have been planted that peach roots went into the ground that gave off bananas. The roots that go into the ground, the result, they result in the fruit that overflows from that product. So here's the deal. What roots are going into the ground? You need to know. So you see, some of us deal with personal negativity. And that's the negativity that controls our life. That's when we're negative about things about ourselves. You have thoughts like, I just don't have what it takes. Oh my God, I just, I just never, I can't do it all. No matter how hard I try, I can't get it done. Oh, woe is me, self-loathing. Everyone else gets all the breaks and not me. You know, Nobody appreciates me. I do it all behind the scenes and everyone else gets the credit. You know, I'm the one who makes it all float around here. I give and I give and I give and I never get, I never get. Self, self-loathing, personal negativity. Just nobody knows how valuable I am. Husband goes to work all day long. He comes home when the house is always clean and there's always food cooked and the, the magic underwear drawer always fills back up with clean underwear. And Man, I never even get a thank you. Man, personal negativity. Our personal negativity so many times has to do with our body. I feel so fat. I feel that way every time I put on clothes since COVID started. You know, I'm on that COVID-20. Man, it's moving past the COVID-20, like to the (laughs) COVID-50. You know, oh my God, I'm just, just look at the, if I just didn't have this or I didn't have that or, oh my God, man, having kids destroyed my body. (laughs) You know, man, just personal negativity. Uh, if only the hair on my head would grow as half, half as fast as the hair on my ears, man, life would be so much greater, you know. Yeah, I, I'd just be happy if I, could, if I could just have an extreme makeover, the, the mommy package. Personal negativity, man. We just beat ourselves up over stuff. Maybe that's the negativity in your life. And it's reflecting and it changes your attitude. There's, there's relational negativity. We're negative about our relationships. You know, every time I trust somebody, I get burned can't trust men as far as you can throw them. Well, quit trying to throw them. 
You know? They're all the same. Can't meet a good woman. No. The last seven you met, you met drunk at a bar. You're probably not going to meet a good woman. (laughs) You know? Just can't meet a good woman. They're all the same. Oh, man, this is the worst one. I wish my wife was like so-and-so. I just wish my husband was, I wish he would change. I married him like he is, but I really didn't like him like he was, and I thought I was going to change him. I thought getting married to him was going to change him. Here's your sign. (laughs) You know. Relational negativity, man. We just always say, we're just, if, we, if we just had better friends or, or better this or better that, I mean, it's just crazy. If I find another pair of underwear on the ground, I'm just going to kill myself. My husband doesn't care. Because we focus on the one thing he doesn't do instead of the thousand things he does do. My wife and I were talking about a gentleman recently, and we said, man, he is a good dude. Man, he is a hard worker. Man, this guy loves his family. Man, we were just listing all the good things about this person. And you say, why? Well, because all you ever hear is the one or two things the wife says she can't stand about him. And I'm not saying her things she can't stand about him are not valid. But it's funny, man, as an outsider, we look at him and think, man, that dude's a home run. I'm thinking, I'm not gay, but if I was... Man, he might be right up my alley. He's a hard worker. That's a joke. It's okay to laugh. You don't have to be uncomfortable. It's okay. It's okay. Man, we just focus relationally on the negative. We do it even with our, man, my boss is such a jerk. Can't stand working with them. Can't stand them all. Sometimes, Gary Lamb, king of this. Sometimes our relational negativity is all about our family. Oh, God, they just drive me crazy. My mom got mad this week. I had surgery on Monday and didn't tell my mom I was having surgery. She read it on Facebook. I don't care. Like, my thought was, why do you care? Like, you're not really part of my life in any other area. I didn't think to call you. I tell you everything on Facebook. But she was tore up. But the great thing was she didn't take it out on me. She took it out on Christine. (laughs) Win-win for me. But man, relational negativity, man. We just have a bad attitude towards them. I'm not saying it's right. What, what's the area? Is it, is it personal negativity? Relation? Sometimes it's circumstantial negativity. We're negative just because of our circumstances. Single people think, man, if I was just married, I'd be happy. Married people think, man, if I was just single, I'd be happy. If I was married to somebody else, I'd be happy. If we only had children, we'd be happy. Man, if our children would only turn 18, we'd be happy. (laughs) You know. If I had more money, if I had a nicer car, I'd be happy. If I had a bigger house, I'd be happy. Then you get a bigger house and you grab about the house and it's too big to clean. If we just had a smaller house, we'd be happy. You know. House is so small. I'll never get out of that. Life's not fair. Well, we just are negative about the circumstances in our life. And we allow negativity to affect us in every way. But yet here's Paul, and he's in prison. And he's saying, man, have the mind of Christ. What would happen if we had the mind of Christ in our personal evaluation? What would happen if we had the mind of Christ in our, in our circumstantial situations? What would, what would mind, the mind of Christ if we had it in our relationship thing? 
Last night, I have to remind myself they're kids. They don't know all the details. We're in the process of moving. And I was griping about the house. I was like, God, I'm ready to get out of this house. And Emily, she said, man, I bet y'all regret buying this house. And I was like, no. Had we not bought this house, we wouldn't be able to buy the next house we're buying. Had we not bought this house, we wouldn't be in the financial position to do what we're going to do next. And, and no, we love this house. We made so many memories in this house, and we rebuilt that house. And as much as we're ready to get out of that house, there's probably going to be tears shed the day we leave that house because we kind of became a family in that house. But she was just vibing off what I was spitting, griping about the house. Man, circumstantial, there's spiritual negativity. Spiritual negativity. Why is it that God answers everyone else's prayers? But when I pray, it seems like nothing happens. Just negative. People say, God speaks to me. I've never heard him speak. Christians can be the worst, man. Spiritual negativity. You've heard the saying, never do business with Christians. Man, so much spiritual negativity towards churches. Some of you today are here for the first time, and you're sitting there criticizing everything we do today because you're just negative about church. You came in to decide, and you weren't going to like this place. But the reality is you ain't like the last 70 places you've been to. So problem, the problem is probably not the church, it's you. I literally had someone the other day tell me, they said, we've lived here for four years and can't find a church. I said, have you looked? Oh, every Sunday. I said, man, if you've been to a different church every Sunday for four years and you can't find a church, I don't know what the problem is the church. The problem might be you. They haven't been back. <laughs> Just negative. How come I can't get close to God? You know? Just spiritual negativity. And then this is the catch-all. I like to call it nitpick negativity. We just nitpick things to death. Someone pulls out in front of us and we're angry and we're mad. You know, can't nobody drive in this state. God, you know. In my house, the new thing that I have been real negative about lately is, this is a really weird one, but it's been tortilla chips. Like, I feel like we never have tortilla chips in the house. And as you can tell, I like tortilla chips. Like, tortilla chips are the answer to everything. Leftover chicken, boom, throw them on some tortilla chips. Cheese, throw them on some tortilla chips. Need a snack, tortilla chips, salsa, and we never have any. And then I'll ask Christine, we're at the store. Oh, we have tortilla chips at the house. We don't need to buy any. And I'll get home and there's no tortilla chips. <laughs> Ain't that such a nitpicking thing? And yet, I've allowed there to be fights in our house. Hmm, over tortilla chips. <laughs> Like, you know it's dumb when you tell the story and you're embarrassed by the story. <laughs> like, I've got mad. Like, I have sent Emily with cash two blocks away to get chips. I need chips now. Go get them. Lord knows I could have gotten a car and went and got them. But instead, I just want to be mad about it. Because in the lamb house, the world revolves around, our food revolves around tortilla chips. That's just the way it goes right now. You know? Nitpicky. Negativity. Standing in line the other day at the Chevron. The guy in front of me was getting mad. We literally had been there 60 seconds. He turns around. I don't know why I don't hire someone who speaks English. I looked at him and said, why? I don't think we're standing in line because she can't speak English. Because the person she's speaking to speaks Spanish. <laughs> what? I said, I don't understand what her not being able to speak English has to do with the fact that we're in line right now. I think we're in line because the guy's getting the money order and it takes a little bit longer. You just don't get it. I was like, no, I don't. (laughs) I I didn't get your logic. He was just looking for something to complain about. 
I want to be like, if you're looking for someone to speak English, like no offense, man, I see your truck out there. You're from Canton. It's got a, I know your business. You're in the wrong gas station. Everybody knows that. Like, why are you here? Here's your sign. Negativity. Man. I want to answer their cell phone. Oh, man, nothing gets me more negative than that. Man, and don't even be friends with Betty Blankenship if you wanted to answer her cell phone. Man. Drives me crazy. Just nitpicky things that we allow to get us mad. Stupid stuff. Dumb stuff. We just thrive on negativity. And as a result, man, we are just a miserable people in general. Social media, get on there, man. It's just negativity. It's just miserable people. Because our attitude is reflecting our gratitude. <laughs> man. It's important that you got to realize that at some time in my life, I've been negative in all those areas. But before you can correct something, you have to acknowledge it's wrong. Paul said we need to have the attitude of Christ. The Bible says our attitude should be the exact attitude as Christ. He came as a servant. His happiness wasn't dependent on his circumstances. He came to give his life. He was mocked. He was beaten. He was betrayed. He had no loyalty from people. He had no money. The Bible said he had no place to lay his head. And yet his attitude was always focused on the things of God. We need an attitude check. We need an attitude check in our life. I saw this illustration one time. It said, think about there's two birds, a vulture and a hummingbird. They both do the same thing. They look for things to eat. A vulture flies around and finds dead things to eat on. And therefore, it's a nasty, dirty bird. A hummingbird, man, looks for sweet things. It looks for nectar. He don't know. We love to watch hummingbirds. Both have the choice of what they want to eat. One goes after dead carcasses and one goes after sweet nectar. We have the choice in what we do, but we allow our mindset to feed on the negative. There's never going to be a situation where you like everything that's going on. Ever. That's just not reality. Your marriage is never going to be perfect. Welcome. That's just reality. And OBTW, if you were married to the other person, it wouldn't be perfect either. The person you're running around on right now, you know why it's perfect? Because you're not around them often. They pass gas, they have dirty clothes, they do this, they're going to do things you don't like. It might be different things than the one you're with now, but it's still going to be things you don't like. The grass is not always green on the other side of the fence. And when it is green on the other side of the fence, it's probably because it's built over a septic tank. Man, our attitude will kill us. The Bible says this in Proverbs 23. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. It's a powerful verse. The King James Version says it this. King James Version works this way. For as a man thinks, thinks within himself, so he is. The Bible says, as you think in your mind, it shapes who you become. Have you ever been around a person that everything that comes out of their mouth is just negativity? It can be sunny and they're griping that it's too hot. It can be snowing and they're griping, it's too cold. But you were just griping about it being hot yesterday. Literally, yesterday, I heard people complaining because it was windy. It was a beautiful day, but it was too windy. We're just negative. 
And you know what? We exude that negativity on other people. I'm not, I'm not beating you up here, but I'm just going to give you a reality of, of how negative we are. Hey, Gary, where are you moving to? We're moving over here, and I tell him where we're moving. You know the first words out of nobody, nobody's mouth has been, that's awesome, congratulations. You know what the, the first out of everyone's mouth? Have fun with that traffic. Thank you, you negative ass. Like, literally, the first words out of someone's mouth is negativity. Because we're just a negative, miserable culture. That's fine with the traffic. We will. We're not stupid. You think we didn't know the traffic existed there? You think we didn't put that in the process of us buying the house? God. People love to be miserable. No matter what you do. Like, let me show you how, let me just show you how dumb people are. Let me, like, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Back in, almost a year ago, day before Thanksgiving, I wrecked my car. After it all got worked out, right about December, I got a truck, a Ram truck. So the Ram truck has this weird thing. Instead of a, I don't even know what you call it, the thigamajiggy that changes the gears, the stick thingy. Okay, it doesn't have a gear shifter. It has a knob. Do you know how many people have told me, I'd get a truck like that, but don't like that. How, how do you like that knob? I don't think about the knob. It's a freaking knob that I put in the drive and the car goes. Like you're really not going to buy the truck because it has a knob that does that? Then you're stupid. Like, like good Lord, out of all the things of the truck, that's what you're going to focus on. People are just negative. And misery loves company. As a man thinks, so he is. Your life is miserable because you allow your mind to be miserable. I used to do that every Monday. Every Monday. My weekends are kind of weird because of this gig right here. And so normally about Saturday night, about five or six, I start to shift into Sunday morning mindset. And then afterwards, man, I love all of you, but I'm kind of peopled out by the end of the day. I'm shaking hands and kiss babies and heard everyone's stories and hug necks. And I get home and we go eat and we're getting ready for the weekend. Normally on Mondays, I always used to call it the holy hangover day. I was like, man, I'm just dead on Mondays. I didn't want to do anything. And what really meant was I'm going to make everyone in the house's life miserable on Mondays. And then I remember one day just reading my Bible and the Psalms 118 says this. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. That even means Mondays is the day the Lord made. And I can get up and be negative or I can get up and choose to be happy on that day because happiness is a choice. I, I, I don't even have this. I want to get to this verse in this series, but one of my favorite verses is when Paul is on trial and they're literally about to be persecuted, I mean, um, um, executed. And King Agrippa says, do you have anything to say for yourself? And Paul says, I'm not slow concerning this matter. He said, I think myself happy. He said, I choose to be happy. You just beat me. You're fixing to kill me. Man, I'm grinning from ear to ear because I choose to be happy. Because he says, I know once I die here, I'm going to be in heaven. And hey, I'm not looking to die because to live is Christ and to die is gain. And if I live, I get to spread the gospel. But if I die, I stand before God. That's powerful mindset. It's a mindset that we need to get. Man, it changed my life when I started realizing that. I had somebody come to me recently and said, man, you seem to be in the zone lately. I said, what do you mean? Man, I can just tell you got your mojo back. And I said, man, that's another cute cliche. What does that mean? They said, man, you just seem to be doing good right now. It is because I had to snap out of the funk. 
I'm not going to lie to you, man. Six months ago when everything came down, I went into a funk for a few days. I went into a funk for a few weeks. How long, Christine? Because she can tell you that I wasn't no months. I ain't that weak. I'm a couple of weeks weak. Three weeks? Oh, you know why it was three weeks? Because here's the deal. On that fourth week, guess what happened? The mortgage payment arrived. And I realized I didn't have time to be weak. And then guess what happened? The car payment arrived. And I realized I didn't have time to be weak. And so I had to snap out of it. I had to make sure my mind was how it would be. And so let me give you some things today that will help you with your attitude. The first thing you're going to do if you want your attitude to be like Christ, you're going to quit hanging around with negative people. I'm going to repeat that one because let me tell you something. That one is something you need. You're going to quit hanging out with negative people. That doesn't mean I'm not going to love negative people. That doesn't mean I'm not going to minister to negative people. But I'm not going to invite negative people into my inner circle. Why? Because they're negative. And negativity is contagious. Man. I'm not going to go out of my way to have dinner with negative people. I'm not going out of my way to talk with negative people. I'm definitely not confiding in negative people. I'm just not. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians. Do not be misled. Bad company, not the band, bad company corrupts good character. We're to be selective in who we let in our inner circle. Matter of fact, I'm outside today talking with someone. They don't even know when I'm preaching. And they said, man, my life got a whole lot better when my circle got smaller. Yeah. Man, we need more circles and, you know, smaller circles and not longer tables, man. Listen. If you don't have a positive influence in my life, if you don't help draw me closer to God, if you don't have love for me and what's best for me, then here's the deal. I'm not letting you in. You say, but some of these people have been in my life forever, and that's why you've been miserable forever. I'm going to be real honest, and everybody oohs and ahs every time I talk about my family, but I I don't hold anything. I'm, I'm honest with you guys. Here's why I'm not close to my family, because they're negative. I love them. If my family called me at 2 o'clock in the morning, broke down in the middle of Montana, I'm going to look at Christians and be like, be back, i go get them. I'm going to get them. I love them. But I choose not to be around them. They bring me down. Their negativity brings me down. When they ask me, why aren't we close? I tell them, because you bring me down. I'm honest with them. They know it and they don't change. So I choose not to be around that. Amazing thing. I should have my wife teach a sermon on this. Amazing thing called boundaries some of you need some boundaries some of you have allowed loyalty to people who've been in your life forever keep you from happiness of them people probably not being in your life just because they've been in your life 25 years don't make them a good person (laughs) man negative people cause me to be negative when I'm around negative people my attitude changes It just does. I'm shaped by what I'm around. They say you're the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. So who are the five people you spend the most time? It's why I try to spend all my time talking to movers and shakers and people that are chasing big dreams and people that are going after because I want that to exude from me. I have people that I love dearly, but I choose not to hang around them anymore because, man, the sun is always crashing down in their life. I recently had someone I ran into they used to go to this church, it's been about three months ago. And they said, man, we're thinking about coming back. You cool with that? And I said, sure. 
I said, you don't seem too excited. I said, you're always welcome to come back. But I'm not sure it's the best place for you. Why? I said, because you're negative. And I said, when you used to go to church here and serve on the such and such team, everybody on that team was negative because they fed off your griping and complaining every Sunday morning. And I said, that team's stronger than it's ever been now. You said, you told them that? Yeah. Because my job is to protect this place. I didn't tell them they couldn't come back. I would never tell them that. But I said, but if you come back, man, let's work on the negativity. Guess what? They ain't been back. They'd rather be negative than happy. They're lost. Man, we're going to quit hanging around negative people. You are now, or you soon shall be who your friends are. You hang around weak people, you're going to turn weak. You hang around disciplined people, you'll be disciplined. You hang around people that are going after and chasing their dreams, you'll do that. You hang around people with good marriages, guess what? Your marriage will become better. It just happens. We're like sponges. My wife and I have seen that over and over and over in our life. We go through periods where we're hanging around people that have horrible marriages, and all of a sudden, man, not that our marriage ever gets, well, it's been horrible before. I'm not, man, hey, she'll tell you. She'll tell you she was in the wrong. No, I'm just kidding. I was in the wrong. I was in the wrong. But man, we hang around positive people. And we hang around low-maintenance people. I like those friends that I don't got to talk to for four months. When I run into them, it's like, man, nothing's missed a beat. Not their pouting because we ain't talked to each other in four months. Man. Oh, am I getting too close right now? So I just don't understand why we don't hang anymore. Let me tell you why. Probably because you're negative. We don't do that. We're going to stop dwelling on negative thoughts. I got to be honest with you. I am not perfect at this one. Whew. But I'm getting better at it. Things begin to enter my mind. And here's the worst thing about what enters my mind. You know what consumes me the most? Is the what ifs. I do really good with the realities. You tell me, man, guess what? You're not getting another paycheck for the next six months. I do pretty good with that. Boom, okay, what's the plan? You tell me there's a possibility I might not get a paycheck for six months and it's not a good thing. I start obsessing over the possibility. Oh my God, what do I do? Am I ready to move? Not ready to move? What do I got to do? We obsess over negativity. I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. I'm going to hurt some of your feelings again. Some of you are obsessing over what you think is going to happen in this country over the next four years. And the reality is you don't know. You just don't. Yeah, but, but you don't know. Now, does that mean we shouldn't be diligent? That doesn't mean we shouldn't be prepared. But you don't know. Quit stressing over it till it happens. Do you think we're going to get shut down again? I don't know. But I can promise you this. There's not a person in this building whose income is affected more by it getting shut down than me. I'm in the open country business. That's what I'm in. I do events for a living. It affects me. But I don't know. I'm preparing. I'm thinking, what if? But I'm trying not to obsess over it because I don't know. Quit thinking negativity. Man, what? what? Listen. I don't want to say that. That's mean and I'll really divide the church. Listen, I don't know. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. When negativity sets in, take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. 
Gary, you think the country's going to shut? I don't know. But if it does, Christ is in control. In a time where I thought we would lose everything we had, we'll probably have our best year ever. And I sure haven't went without missing a meal. Because Christ is in control. We love to preach about Christ being in control until he has to be in control. Man, we're going to stop dwelling on it. We're going to take him captive. Every single thought, make it obedient to Christ. That doesn't mean negative thoughts won't enter into your mind. But when anything is in your mind that doesn't honor God, grab it, take it captive, and get rid of it. Somebody sent me a message yesterday. What do you think? And I responded back because I love this person. And I, I know where they're at. I'm their test. I don't know. I said, I was real honest with them. I wasn't honest with everyone else. I, was, I said, I don't know. I said, I have the same thoughts. I had to quit thinking about them. They responded, thank you. I get where they're coming from. I can be there too. Ain't it funny how we tend to focus on the negative over the positive? You go to a restaurant, you have a negative experience, you tell the world. You go to a restaurant, you have a positive experience, you hardly tell anybody. They actually say, studies show, that if you go to a restaurant and you have a negative experience, you will tell 11 people about your negative experience. If you go to a restaurant and you have a positive experience, they say you'll tell on average two people. Ain't that sad? We want everyone to know when they suck. Never want anybody to know when they do good. Man, we got to take those negative thoughts captive. If we're going to have a good attitude, we have to reprogram our minds to get rid of those negative thoughts. We take them prisoners. Man, I'll give you an example. I've been working out with this new group of guys. Here's the problem with these guys that I've been working out with. They're in shape. Like really in shape. Like used to own a CrossFit gym in shape. Here's the other problem with these two guys. They never seem to get tired. Like I kid you not, the longer the workout, they just seem to go and go and go. And I hate them. But the other day, they pissed me off. We had a workout and they said, man, this one's going to be a struggle for the old man. So for one day and one day only, I hung with them every step of the way. And when we got close, I kicked it up and I beat them. No, no, hold on, stop. I paid for it. I couldn't walk the rest of the day. I couldn't sit down on the commode to do any. It was horrible. I hurt. I was sore. It was miserable. But for that day, I mentally flipped a switch that said, I'm going to hang with them. Guess what that means? I should be able to flip that switch every day and hang with them. It's a mental thing. And it's funny. I get on you for being weak. I am weak when it comes to that area in the mental aspect. I don't enjoy working out. My wife enjoys it. That shows how sadistic she is. She's one of those people. Like, enjoys it. I don't enjoy it. I do it where I can eat cheesecake and cookies. That's the only reason I do it. Because if I didn't do it, I'd weigh 500 pounds instead of this many pounds. I had a choice to make. When they called me the old man, I could have been defeated by it, but I took that thought, I could have been like, they're right. But my attitude changed everything that day. The last thing we're going to do, I'm done. We're going to replace negative thoughts with God thoughts. 
My boss is a jerk. Or maybe God put him in your life for you to show him how a Christ follower should truly act. My spouse will never change. Maybe God wants you to change. I'll never climb out of debt. Ah, with God, all things are possible. I'm always going to be the victim. Yeah, you are going to be if you think that. Or, no, I'm going to be the victor. <laughs> by the blood of the Lamb, by Christ, I, I, I'm not going to be defeated. We replace them with God thoughts. Here's what Paul says in Philippians. Remember, he's in jail. He's written this entire book to them. It's four chapters long. He talks about joy 16 times. Then he ends it just like this. He says, finally, brothers and sisters. He says, finally. Finally is important. Hey, the last thing I want to tell you. Boom. Finally. He says, remember this. Whatever's true. Whatever's noble. Whatever's right. Whatever's pure. Whatever's lovely. Whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And if you can see any good in the situation, focus on that. But we don't. And then we wonder why we're miserable. Let me make this clear to you. Your unhappiness, I'm going to be honest, your unhappiness, no matter what area you're unhappy in, I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm not trying to diminish you being in a, in a loveless marriage. Please don't think that. I'm not trying to diminish the fact that you're financially stressed right now. I'm not trying to diminish that, that you're in a job that you hate. I, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I get it. But your happiness or your unhappiness is all in your mind. It's all in your mind. You need an attitude check. Your attitude should be like that of Christ. You need to discipline your thought process. I don't ever want to come across as I am diminishing emotional illnesses. I get people suffer from depression. I do. I get people suffer from a lot. Please don't think I am. But the problem is we've diagnosed everything today as a mental condition Instead of the fact that we're just undisciplined to take control of our mind. It might mean you need some medicine. I'm not anti-medicine. I, I get, there's no way for me to say this way I hurt people's feelings. But you make the decision to control that. Someone told me that I said, I, I've got all these ideas, but I, I've got ADD and I can't do it. If ADD means you couldn't do anything, I'd never do anything. I see your ADD and one up you times a thousand. I've chased 20 squirrels in this building today. I got lost a minute ago preaching this sermon because that red and white truck out there, the sun was hitting the back tire perfectly and shooting up this weird scene. I was like, and I was like, oh, I gotta be preached. I gotta preach. I had to get back focused. I get it. Man, you don't even know what goes on in this mind. I'll never forget one day, Christine asked me. I can't remember what it was now. She said, where did that thought come from? And I was like, well, I don't know. I saw that stop sign. That stop sign was red. 
And red got me thinking about how much I like Christmas because it's red and green. And then green got me thinking about the fact that we needed some money for Christmas. And then that got me, anyway, it was like this 30-step program that got me to the thought. And she said, what is wrong with you? (laughs) That's just how my mind works. I get it. Your attitude reflects everything. I think this is an area I do pretty decent in, but I have moments. And I have had moments lately. So it was a refresher for me. If no one else got anything out of it, I got something out of it. Your attitude reflects your gratitude. It's funny, I talked to David Stone a lot because we're kind of in the same industry. And I noticed this. I was thinking back over the seven months. When I was on a high, it was always the same time David was on a high. Why? Because we fed off each other. When we were both negative, like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. We need new professions. Let's move. It's both when we were, because we were feeding off each other. You know, there's power in the mind. That doesn't mean I'm not going to fall back into it at times, but your attitude reflects your gratitude. Some of you need a mind shift today. And if you don't have the mind shift, you're just going to make yourself miserable and everyone else around you miserable. Let's pray.